All right, here we are. I'm Dan Lukowitz, your host of Dan on Top. Today we've got an extra special guest all the way from the West Coast, Christian Maribel. Christian, how you doing? Hey, Dan. I'm doing awesome. How are you doing this morning? Doing great. I'll tell you, though, I love it. I was on your show. Now I got you back on mine. It's always awesome to, to switch that up a little bit. So appreciate you taking the time to join us here and provide our viewers with a whole lot of value. So before we get into the technical nitty-gritty of what you do, I want to know more who you are. So tell our viewers, who is Chris Marabella? So Chris Marabella is a, a, a husband, a businessman, a musician. Uh, I'm very athletic. I like to work out. I like music. I play drums, guitar. You've heard some of my music yep. that I've written went into the studio. Um, I like sports cars. At one point, I had a Porsche 911. That was a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, all throughout high school, I was on the surf team. So San Clemente, where I'm from, we have, you know, world-renowned surf team. As far as high school, a lot of the people that went there, like Herbie, uh, Herbie Fletcher's kids, Dino and Dino, Matt Archibald, all kinds of, you know, professional surfers came out of San Clemente. Uh, originally I'm from the Inland Empire. Uh, I'm from Riverside and, uh, I really got into net lease through my dad. That's how I got into net lease. My dad started doing the Safeway stores. Okay. Indicating with doctors in like the 1970s. And, uh, at that time he, you know, dealt with a lot of influential different people that were looking to buy net lease. Um, other things outside of business, I love to ride motorcycles. That's a fun thing. I love to hike. And um, my wife is from Peru. Oh, wow. So we go to Lima, Peru quite a, about every Christmas. Now with COVID, we didn't do it this year. But um, we go to Asia Beach in Peru. Um, I go to Italy quite a bit. Uh, my cousins are in Venice. I'm Venetian from Italy. So I about, you know, every... Two or three years, we'll go to Venice and travel through Italy. Very nice. Awesome. Quite a so well-rounded individual. I've had a pretty good life. I've had a pretty fun life. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And a fun, <laughs> you're a, a fun guy, fun too. Fun. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's jump into it. Technically speaking, what's going on with interest rates and the 10-year Treasury yield? So, so you know, the 10-year Treasury yield right now, I think what you're going to see uh, – we have the monetary policy, right? We've got Jerome Powell that's keeping the federal funds rates like 0.25 right now. Uh, so I was just looking, it was at 2.6 as of April, 2019. So now it's down to 0.25. Wow. So the feds really got their foot on the gas. Uh, we just need the fiscal policy. Uh, we really couldn't get the fiscal policy because you know, I, I'm Republican. Um, I think, you know, Trump did a good thing when he was stimulating the economy. I think in the last three months, he wasn't really able to do much. And now that the Democrats control, I think, the Senate and the House, now they're going to spend this trillions of dollars. So I think the Federal Reserve will keep the rates down by the easy money monetary policy and to the fisc fiscal policy. We'll have about the same level of interest rates, but with more gross national product, right? Okay. More growth. 
The other thing that's key is if the vaccine works, then you'll, you'll maybe see slightly higher rates, but even a, a bigger shift in gross national product. So those are two things that can shift growth, gross national product and maybe move the, the needle on interest rates is the fiscal and monetary policy. And the fiscal and monetary policy now, um, I believe Yellen's gonna be the head of the treasury and you've got Jerome Powell that's ahead of the monetary policy. If they kind of work in conjunction, they can get this economy going. The, the, the big wild card is what is gonna happen with this vaccine? Uh, if, if, the, if the, uh, the virus mutates, is the vaccine gonna work? That's crucial. Mm-hmm. Because without the vaccine, nothing opens up. And if it mutates, then all bets are off. And then it's kind of just a curveball. What happens with the economy? Sure. So it's like, a, a, you know, coalescing of a lot of different variables of interest rates and, and, and economic output. And then obviously, like you said, what happens with uh, the, uh, you know, the pandemic and, and our, our efforts to fight it. So that's, yeah, very fascinating. I appreciate how you broke that down. So, so Chris, you do a lot of lending in the net lease space. That's right. Right, right. I've been doing net, net lease lending for 25 years. Started in 1995. Uh, I was a stockbroker originally. Worked for Wells Fargo a little while. Then I I started Marbella Commercial Finance. I got my broker's license. At that time, there was no you know CoStar, LinkedIn, Facebook, anything like that. So I put an ad in the Wall Street Journal. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was very young. I put an ad and I figured, you know, let's see what happens. A guy called me and he said, I have these two uh, discount tire stores. That was my first deal. And he said, uh, do you do cash out loans? I said, do you want me to do one? <laughs> I said, I'll do whatever you want. At that point, I wanted money. Sure. I said, come down to my office. So I brought him down. And uh, we did that deal with GE Capital, a guy named uh, Mike Cadigan. He was with GE at that time, was MetLife. So uh, we did the cash out. The processor kept telling me, okay, we need the lease. We need the survey. I really didn't know the documents we even needed. She kind of told me how to do the whole deal. And somehow I got through it. I'm lucky I didn't crash and burn. (laughs) But that was kind of my first deal. And then from then on, I just kept learning more and more and more. And I, nine, 98 was a really good year, 98. Uh, you know, the early 2000s, I remember we hit like um, the Y2K, that was kind of a slow time. It was a little bit of a, a liquidity crisis and it like I was doing a 7-Eleven deal and it took us like six months to get it closed because there was kind of a, at that time, I'm trying to remember, the. I think it was the Russian bond default. Russia defaulted on a bunch of bonds. So liquidity in the early 2000s kind of dried up for a little while. It recovered. You know, we started doing a lot of deals um, all the way to about, you know, 2008 when we started to sputter, when we hit the, you know, the credit crisis. 2009 was horrendous. There was no liquidity. Then around 2011, uh, you know, maybe 2010, 2000, CMBS started to thaw out. You know, 2009, CMBS was gone. Spreads blew out. I remember going to ICSC, right? And I had a sign 
loans for Netlease and about a million people were swarming me. <laughs> <laughs> there was no liquidity. You, yeah. you couldn't get a loan. I couldn't make a loan whether I wanted to or not. There was a ton of deals, no liquidity. And, uh, you know, from, I would say 11 to probably 16, it was, you know, it's been really good. 17, you know, was a little slower, 18, 19, 20, it's been okay. I think that, you know, Amazon has impacted the malls. Would yeah, you agree so with that? I would agree with I that, mean, no question, huge. no question about it. Retail is, there's a big shift in retail. I call it the Industrial Revolution 2.0. It's something that I speak about a lot. I actually have a webinar coming up about it. I, I, I liken it to just simply put, products are coming off of retail shelves and going into warehouses. That's really what's going on. Yeah, for sure. So there's definitely some kind of disruption going on. Um, I would probably, you know, if I'm a net lease investor right now, I want to go with necessities, right? Yeah. I want to go with the fast Essential food stuff. deal, the drive through yeah. I want to go with like, I think Walgreens and CVS are really good because they're going to be administering vaccines. Mm -hmm. um, so I, and, and they're kind of modifying their, their model. Yeah, to be are. more like a, like a hospital, right? They, yeah. They're going to be doing more like a hospital. More services in where, store. Right. So I think I think the pharmacies are going to be really good. I think um, what else? the dollar stores, Dollar General, 50% yeah. of the people that shop at Dollar General are on food stamps. So, you know, with economy the way it is, I think that Dollar General will thrive. Uh, the uses I would probably stay away from but maybe, maybe look right now, maybe there's some opportunity. Um, are the hotels, uh, office buildings, um, what else? Gyms. That's the so. three so areas. People have been asking me a lot about gyms recently. And I kind of have some mixed opinions. You know, gyms, I think, were getting a little bit oversaturated even pre-pandemic. And then obviously pandemic comes and what happens? All across the country in different states, they're shut down. So I, I, I kind of, I'm of the uh, the theory, Chris, is that I don't like buying at the bottom. I like until you know waiting until I see the trend start to to tick upwards. And I just, I'm a little bit more cautious on gyms personally. I agree with you. You know what's hard to do is to time the bottom, right? Yeah, it's very hard. You, you, you got to be careful on a falling. What do they say? A falling knife, right? <laughs> you may get killed. If you exactly. can, if you can see it kind of bottom and just kind of drift and then kind of bounce up, then you get in. It's just like playing the stock market. I was looking at uh, Jack in the Box stock. Yeah. If you would have bought Jack in the Box back in March, April, I think it's it's tripled. Wow. Uh, but the question is, how did you know when you hit the bottom? Exactly. You know, exactly. you may have bought you may have bought halfway to the bottom, lost money, and maybe lost your cool, hit a stop loss, and got stopped out, or just sold because you were nervous about it that's probably you know the hardest thing is to know when, when you've hit the bottom um yeah. i think though the hotels you know in the like office buildings is another area that's it's been pretty beat up it could be an area that you may want to start to you know research that once there is a recovery if the if the vaccine works uh those areas are going to be hot and there's going to be, it's going to be like uh, REO housing. I bought a house in 2009 from a bank and uh, I paid, you know, 70, 80 grand. I put, you know, 10 or 20 in it. It's worth 250,000 now. There you go. 
So I've tripled, I've tripled my money on that deal. I had another house in escrow at $30,000, you know? So th that was the kind of, we bought some land for a half a million. We got 20 acres and three houses and the houses alone are paying us like 3000 a month. Wow. Okay. So if you figure what is that 30,000 at a, at a five cap, um, you know, the houses are worth 600,000 alone. Mm-hmm. Plus, we got the 20 acres that are probably right. that we're doing agriculture. That's probably worth a half a million to a million. So right there, you know, so that could be the same situation now. Yeah. The yeah, hotel. We'll, we'll definitely see. There's a lot of opportunities. You know, the hotel, you. the office buildings, uh, movie theaters. If, if you think that the vaccine's going to work and things are going to be back to normal in maybe a year or two, you know, you may want to go and do some kind of contrarian investing. Yep. Um, yeah. Definitely opportunity right now. There's no question about that. So, Chris, we've got about uh, five minutes left. Uh, I, like okay. I, like we said, you do a lot of, of net lease deals on the financing side. Talk to us a little bit about uh, current pricing and terms for net lease loan deals. So, so I'll make this quick. It's kind of like playing the slots in Vegas, right? I'm a loan broker. We're a boutique net lease loan brokerage. We deal nationwide. Uh, we're doing acquisition, refi, cash out, takeout, uh, construction financing. Uh, the first, the first cherry on the slot machine is uh, our lenders got to like the use. Some lenders like QSRs. Some lenders like C stores. Some lenders like grocery stores. Some le lenders like pharmacies. So they got to like the use. They got to be able to go where the property is. Okay, they got to like the credit of the tenant, the guarantor of the property. And then we got to structure a loan that makes sense for that sponsor. And we're also going to look at the sponsor's credit quality. How's their FICO, FICO score? How's their adjusted gross income? How much liquidity do they have? Once we know that, if, if all those cherries line up, we got a deal. Right now for pricing, Pricing is really a function of those things that I kind of mentioned. It's anywhere between three to four and three eights okay. for a five, seven, 10 year fixed rate loan with a 25 to 30 year AM. Uh, you know, non-recourse is more prevalent on smaller deals, 50% loan to value or less. Above that, full to partial recourse, right? Uh, CMBS is, is plentiful. This time around, even though the economy is slow, there's no liquidity crisis. Mm -hmm, There's different. tons of lenders out there to lend on good quality uh, net lease deals. But, you know, we can do five, seven, 10 year fixed, 25 to 30 year AM, IO deals, uh, fully amortizing, 15 year self liquidating if you don't want a balloon. Um, I would say average loan to value uh, right now, I would say average loan to value is running. Dan, right around 50 to 70 percent loan to value okay. with like a 125 to 130 debt coverage. Okay. Now, the one thing that I tell clients sometimes, the financing is all about timing, right? You don't sure. know what's going to happen in the financial markets. You really don't. Nope. And you're not going to know in five, you know, you probably won't know tomorrow. I mean, who knew there would ever be like a virus? <laughs> Nobody knew that. Uh, you know, who could have ever guessed that? Um, playing in the financial markets, like me, I surf, right? I'm a surfer. You never know, you're gonna kind of know how the waves are. Someday the waves are big, 
Some days the waves are small. Uh, if you're going out in the boat, you're the same way. You're listening to the weather. Is there small craft warnings? Is there gale warnings? Uh, what's tough sometimes is you may get out there and a storm may hit. And that's the same with the financial markets. It changes. Yeah. Um, 2009, we had, like I said, no financing. And you had debt coverage ratios go like from 120 to 140, 150. Mm -hmm. And if you had a construction loan on a Rite Aid or a Walgreens or a CVS deal and your idea of a takeout was to get a longer term loan, well, they underwrote the loan at a 120, maybe 110, 120 debt coverage on the construction. But then when you went to get taken out, it was at 140, 150. Mm -hmm. So your construction loan was here and your takeout was here. You were upside down, you know? Yeah. And so now, right now, there's a lot of liquidity. Yeah. But that's the tough, that's the tough thing to know is what is the future going to bring for the financial yeah. market? And listen, we don't know. Nobody knows what the future will bring. One thing's for sure is that uh, there is a lot of opportunity. Chris, really appreciate uh, having you on the show. This was really a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to provide thanks, some major man. value. Yeah, Thanks, I'm Dan buddy. Lukowitz. I've been your host. We had a great guest, Chris Marabella. This is Dan on Top. Please tune in next time for another great episode with more great guests. Thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing you soon.